On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we preview our matchup against Dub Bears. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram at Packers Podcast and Twitter at Packers Pod. And with that, let's go pack. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. Incredible play. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hello, hello. Bears week. On a scale from one, not at all, to ten, I pee my pants just thinking about it. Where are nerves for this Chicago Bears game? 10.1. Yeah, I'm, at an all, I'm definitely at an all-time oh, no. high also. Yeah, definitely a 10. I'm not worried about the Lions. I know everyone's going to get up for the Vikings game. I'm worried people are overlooking the Bears. It's a There's no better thing than Packers-Bears late in the season. There's importance to this game because the Bears have made a little bit of a run. Everyone's got a Bears fan either in their family or in their friend group. The bets are starting to get made. And I'm afraid this is going to be closer than we want it to be. I feel like I'm a seven, though. I, I like it's the I know they're playing well, and I think we're going to dive into it. Dan, you have a little thoughts on who they played on this streak. I just they're the Bears, and it's in Lambeau. I, I just have good feelings about the Bears at Lambeau. Here's, I just feel good about it. Here's my problem. I appreciate that it's in Lambeau. That's huge. But they're coming off 10 days rest. And this is the Bears Super Bowl. I think I mentioned it on our, our recap of last week's game. To the Bears, this is everything. If they lose, they really don't have a shot at the playoffs. But if they win, they're creating some waves, and there is this outside shot that they sneak in. To to them, they're in the playoffs already. And to us, it's like, ah, we got a really big game next week. we got to beat our rival first, but we got a really big game next week. I'm nervous the Bears are going to be a lot more focused coming in. Yeah, when you look at this game on paper, you, you – you really don't think it would be much of a game. You think the Packers could control them pretty decently. Um, but the way they've been playing the past three weeks, their defense is solid. And Mitch is finding uh, not only his arm, but his legs. Um, he's, he's finding some lanes in the run game. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect this one to be close, just like the last one. So let's recap where the Bears are currently. Obviously, we took an amazing game one of the season and a 10 to 3 win. We officially said that we had the greatest defense in the world. That has changed a little bit since then. Dramatically. (laughs) (laughs) But the Bears went on a little bit of a winning streak, including a, a home win against the Minnesota Vikings before the Vikings learned how to throw the ball. The wheels absolutely fell off and almost hit rock bottom against the Chargers, where in that second half, they had an interception, a fumble, and a missed field goal as time expired to lose in L.A. As we've mentioned, though, they've kind of put it back together. Wins against Lions, Giants, Lions, Cowboys, and if you're with me, dog shit teams. So, yeah, it, well, the first three were Broncos, Redskins, both terrible teams. And then it was the Vikings in week four, but that was right before the Vikings actually figured out to give the ball to their best players on offense. And they became a dramatically different team after that. So the win against the Cowboys may be the most confusing, the one they're coming off of. But I just watch it and we'll get into it. There's some things the Cowboys did that I just don't understand. So they're seven and six, but the seven wins are not all that impressive. 
They are they are a Big Twelve team right now. Where you're like, oh, they have won some games, and you realize, oh, they played <laughs> Kansas. So, uh, but regardless. It is a one o'clock game time in Lambeau Field. Let's start with this Bears offense that has been clicking definitely more than it has uh, all season, really. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is actually playing decent. Allen Robinson is playing unbelievable. I can't even imagine what he'd be like on any other team right now. Um, But where do we feel about our defense's chances of continuing kind of this sub-20 point performance? I think you you stated it best right there. Sub twenty point. I <clears throat> I honestly think we keep the Bears below twenty points. Um, I I'm treating Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, he's a little bit more. Uh, I, I mean, he has one more year under his belt than Daniel Jones and Haskins. Um, but I I think we're treating them the same. You know, we're going to get our pass rush on. Um, I think we're going to be solid in our secondary again, like we have in the past two weeks, or a little better, I should say, not solid, but a little better. Um, and I, I'm honestly not too scared by Mitch in that Bears offense. Mm, they can make some plays on us. We'll, we'll jump into their wide receiver core in a second because I'm not ready to just uh, overlook Mitch Trubisky, the all-time great Chicago Bear quarterback. But um, So I highlighted there's something that Cowboys did specifically that I just don't understand in allowing the Bears to give up 30 points is part of is is the main reason they were playing off coverage against the Bears. The Cowboys were playing loose coverage, but they weren't aggressive at all in doing that. So if you recall all the way back to week one, the Packers came out and sort of gave up our game plan after winning, saying you just got to let Mitch beat you rush for drop back into coverage and make Mitch beat you. That needs to be the theme of this week as well. But Dallas played way too loose. They played too far off of coverage, too much cushion. We need to drop into coverage, but stay aggressive in that coverage. And the things I saw from the from the Bears where they were giving up pass rushes to just four guys against the Cowboys, and I would put our pass rush equivalent to the Cowboys' four-man pass rush, as long as you don't let Mitch escape the pocket because he looks very mobile right now. I don't know if he got to 100 yards rushing, but he had a rushing touchdown against the Cowboys. Um, I think the whole hip injury thing about Mitch was a lie. I think he's pretty healthy. He's he's willing and able to take off and beat you. So we need to commit to some lane integrity on that pass rush. And while we're dropping seven back into coverage, you can't just run backwards 10 yards and then look to make a tackle. Stay aggressive. Pe- uh, press your guys still. But I think the, the Bears have this ability to create these short screen passes, these short five-yard hitches, and still make a playoff of it because they do have ath- athletes in their wide receiver core. From the stats department, last game, 10 attempts for 63 yards. Only 63. Well, it felt a little more than that. but So one of the things I did want to bring up, too, a, a little trend I caught on to was uh, Trubisky's completion percentage. Let me give you the ones in losses first, and then we'll work our ways up to win. So in Bears losses, Mitch Trubisky completion percentage, 56, 57, 63, 65, and 47%. That's Mm. embarrassing. In their wins, (laughs) in the Bears wins, Trubisky completion percentage, 76, 70, the low of 61 and 60, then back to 75, 80, and 67. So if he breaks that 70% completion mark, they're winning. And that speaks a lot to their offense. If they, if he just 
gets the ball out to his playmakers in the running back and wide receiver core and lets them make plays. These guys are athletes and can make plays, so we need to be on our game when they do get the ball to just tackle soundly and team tackle. Everybody run to the ball and get them. And yeah. get them. <laughs> get them, get them. Uh, you're totally right. They do have some great playmakers. Allen Robinson is having a heck of a year. Um, totally underrated player when he was playing in Jacksonville. He already is at just under 900 yards and seven touchdowns on the year. Um, but he's become such a solid and reliable wideout for the Bears. Like every week he's getting open in routes, um, coming up with first down catches when they need him most. Um, and then the other player that's at, uh, lining up out with him is Anthony Miller uh, with mm-hmm. Taylor Gabriel being out. Uh, second round pick uh, in 2018 out of Memphis. He's really turned a corner this year. Uh, he's gained a ton of strength um, and he's a solid option for them to throw to. And when he gets the ball, he turns into a running back like he looks like a running back. He doesn't look like a wide receiver. That's funny. We did not sync up on this before we hit record, but. In my notes, I put Anthony Miller kind of gives them. Let's see if you agree with this. Anthony Miller kind of gives the Bears what I thought Tariq Cohn would give them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the ability to catch these short passes, make a couple guys miss, and turn a bubble screen or a five-yard hitch route into that 20-yard touchdown. It's coming from Anthony Miller, not Tariq Cohn. Yeah, Who it- was the last Bears quarterback to win in Lambeau Field? Jake DeLome. No, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I should be actually. I should actually be more specific. When was the last time the Bears won at Lambeau in December? Who was their quarterback? Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman. <laughs> was it really? 2005. Oh, 2005. Christmas Day, Dang. 2005. I, I just, it's really weird when you look at Mitch's stats. Um, I agree. The backfield is 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 fine. Uh, the wide receivers are okay outside of Allen Robinson, who's on a next level, especially this year. Mitch is interesting because you think, all right, when he gets pressured, he actually suffers. But then he actually is in games that they get sacked a lot. It's just it's one of those things. That I think it ends up being what we said every single preview podcast this entire year of he just needs to feel the pressure. It doesn't need to be a complete sack, but as Darius has shown that if he can get eight QB hits, he just can't get in a groove. I think Mitch yeah. is still in that position where he's a young player, he's inexperienced, that if he can connect on six of the first seven passes, I worry. Oh, but if yeah. it's a rough start, I think that he's just not to the point yet where you go, oh, Mitch is going to lead the Bears back in the second half. Don't worry about it. It has to be an absolute onslaught in that first half, controlling the secondary, making sure that we aren't chasing Allen Robinson, that we're being physical with him on the outside, that we control the running game, which we've done fairly good these last two weeks. But more importantly, just don't allow Mitch Trubisky in a groove. And I think that this game is ours. Yeah, and in the last three games, he's thrown four interceptions. Even though he's come in later in the game and either uh, given them a drive late in the game to come back and win or just to hold them uh, ahead, uh, he has done well late in the game, but he's still turning over the ball. So I I think as Mm -hmm. long as we stay consistent in the whole game um, and stay in his face, I, I, I really don't see him causing us any issues. There were multiple throws against the Cowboys that, they could have, should have, almost did have an interception that were questionable calls from Mitch. Said, so 
there's definitely turnovers to be had. Are we worried about the tight end of the day, guys? J.P. Holtz, are we worried about him? I'm not. I'm not. We, we probably should be. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we, we figured it out last week. It's over. No more tight ends getting anything. You know, if, if we let their tight end have 70 yards, and it means we controlled Allen Robinson, who had 100 yards against us in week one, Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, and J.P. Holtz goes for 60 or 70 yards, I probably think that's a good box score that's going to favor the Packers. The one thing I found really interesting, or I should say a second thing I found super interesting, was Chicago had a goal line matchup. They had first and goal, uh, I think it was to end the first half against the Cowboys, and they found a matchup they liked on film. And it was essentially anyone on Jalen Smith. So they used, uh, I think his name is Javon Sims. He's really like a fourth wide receiver for them, but a big body guy. And they went at Jalen Smith three times in a row. And Sims actually got hurt on the second place. So on the third third and goal, they said, fine, we'll use Allen Robinson, our number one wide receiver. And it worked. So they hit him over the middle, incomplete, hit him over the middle, incomplete, hit Allen Robinson over the middle, and it was a touchdown. So it was very interesting how Chicago says, we saw a matchup on film. We're going to exploit it unless you absolutely show us that you can stop it. It was very interesting to see. And I would be intrigued on how Green Bay could counter that. If we see something early on that says that must be the matchup Chicago wants. And, guys, if I said Chicago found a matchup on film that they want to exploit, who would you think that might be? Blake Martinez. Ah, damn it. Yeah. It's, Ooh, it's getting there. Interesting. It's getting, yeah, I, I thought you were going to say Kevin King. Well, yeah, but uh, I, I that's number think, two. I think getting their uh, backfield the same as the Packers, if they can get their backfield to be part of their receiving core as well, I think that scares me a little bit. Yeah, good point. Good point. It'll be intriguing to watch it. I think they would expose in the first half uh, whatever they found on film and who they're trying to go after, and let's see how we adjust to it. So let's talk about our offense now, who we, we prayed we'd we'd have two NFC East matchups to figure it out going into this home stretch. I don't think we're there. So what do we think we can do against the Bears defense that is not 100 percent? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is a week to solve our problems. Uh, I don't expect to score 30 points. Um you know, one of the interesting things before we get into like the personnel matchups, the slippery field at Lambeau has not been fixed. I've been begging and pleading for all of our guys to just wear longer cleats. Uh, which, which team's going to slip the most might make the biggest difference for this game. It, isn't that wild? Last week was a you know a 35 degree day in the middle of the day, and there were still players slipping all over the field. I don't get it. But on that note, isn't the Aaron Rodgers slide like the crispest slide in the NFL? Man, it is smooth. It's it's, it's a, almost sexy. The only one better might be Russell Wilson. But they both, you can tell, like, they both had a baseball background. And, like, they slide so smooth, they slide about five yards, and they pop right back up, do their little celebration, and jog back to the huddle. <laughs> Trubisky's slide, he had a couple butt slides last week against the Cowboys. So let's see how the slide comparisons go. But, yeah, <laughs> against this defense, I think the biggest thing to call out, and Bears fans are going to know it, Roquan Smith officially put on the injured reserve with a torn peck. Their middle linebacker, a guy we highlighted dramatically in week one, runs sideline to sideline super fast. With his uh, movement to the injury reserve, and then Danny Trevathan is questionable, leaning towards not playing their other middle linebacker. If you're going to find a spot in this very good top-tier defense, it's got to be the middle linebackers. 
Yeah, I think we need to, just like last week, you know, it was a good rush defense. This is a good rush defense, but I say let's not be scared and let's attack our run game. Our offensive line has been on fire for uh, opening holes for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, I I know it's not the safest thing to do against the Bears defense, um, but I think if we can get that going, it will just open up everything else uh, for the struggling passing offense in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Zeke had a big run last week, and see if this sounds familiar. It was a zone blocking scheme, uh, a sort of an outside zone scheme. Zeke hits the cutback back towards the middle, and who's waiting to make the tackle from the Bears defense but no other, a guy named HaHa Clinton Dix. And he misses the tackle, and Zeke goes running for another 30 yards. It's the exact thing that we need to make happen. The backup middle linebackers, uh, Kwiatkowski, Nick Kwiatkowski for the Bears, has been um, fairly serviceable, I guess I'd put him as. He's like a B.J. Goodson type, if you want to relate him to a Packer. He's he's going to play his role. He's going to be sound. May not be the guy we go pick on. Uh, but there are other guys filling in for Roquan Smith, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, and then a guy I'm just going to call Joel Alphabet. Because <laughs> when you, when you see him on every TV— yeah, it's number 45, but Joel Alphabet, it's really like Ayigbunwe or something like that. But just think of me when you see him for the first time, like, this, Mr. Alphabet. Um, these are going to be the guys that you need to expose in the run and pass game. And in the run game in particular, get Aaron Jones going. We could get them biting and then sneak someone past them. This is going to be the matchup we got to take advantage of. Their corners are solid. Eddie Jackson at safety. Uh, HaHa knows the offense. He knows our personnel. So although we may or may not like him, given on your different takes on him, uh, he's still a good player. Their defensive line, their pass rush is solid. I don't know where else to look to get some points in exposing the middle linebackers. My total focus for this game is third down conversions. We cannot get super behind on yards, and that comes down to getting the ball out of Rodgers' hands, being effective in the running game. But right now, we are the 20th best third down team in the entire NFL. We're converting just almost perfectly one out of every three third downs. And it's been an absolute struggle. And you look back at that 49ers game that we got one and it was Tim freaking Boyles that got us it. (laughs) My biggest concern and the stat that I am going to look at is a, are those third down conversion scenarios less than normal? And are we getting those conversions? Because I just that's my biggest worry is Rogers getting sacked, creating turnovers from fumbles uh, and just giving the Bears defense an easy out because they know it's third and eight or it's third and nine. And we start forcing it to Devontae on these bigger plays. We need to be better on third down. Third down. Yeah. And, and you also brought up, doesn't it feel like for the last decade, the only way the Bears get a spark is from their defense? So if you give them a turnover, if you give them field position, if you give them a special teams play from Cordell Patterson, you're going to be behind the eight ball. So the Packers are trending with for towards the fewest turnovers in a year for the Packers. Their record was from 2014. They turned the ball over 13 times. We currently only have nine with three games to go. This game may be the most crucial to not have any turnovers in because it's how you spark the Bears. Since the linebackers are out in this game, you know, they're going to ask the Bears are going to ask a lot of their secondary. They're going to they're probably going to rough us up a little bit. They're probably going to play pretty rough um, in press coverage, uh, probably a lot of uh, man to man. Um, 
But I, and I think we will have prime opportunity to go over the top with either Lazard, maybe MBS sneaks in there for for one <laughs> one or two. What? Who is but, but I think the safeties love to sneak up there. That's a very aggressive defense. So I want to see us go deep a couple times and maybe get Rogers back in the swing of things. Yeah. I got to change my prediction because if MBS is the way we get, oh, I didn't know MBS oh, is playing this oh, week. <laughs> but one thing Ben Fennell noted, uh, and then I'll get to one other note that I had from our offense, two really th- big things that I think we should watch out for. Josh, to your point of who's going to be our shot plays, right? Who are we going to try to set up for a long ball? Um, they appeared to come last week out of multiple tight end sets, and I don't see why that would change against the Bears. So if you get Mercedes Lewis, Jimmy Graham, Bobby Tanya, and even Jay Sternberger's getting some reps, if you get those guys in with a little bit of a run game going with Aaron Jones, now you can give them that same formation, two, three tight ends, look like you're going to run the ball, but get a guy sneaking past these same middle linebackers and safeties that we've been talking about. So look for that. When you see two or three linebackers, look for the possibility of a play action and a deep ball. But the other thing, Ryan, to your point on third down pickups, uh, what I noticed last week from watching the Packers game back was they're trusting Alan Lazard, interestingly enough, our rookie, but there's been a lot written already about how they trust him to be assignment sound. They're trusting him to run uh, both rub routes and option routes. So rub route is going to be where you're uh, intentionally making it look like you unintentionally set a pick. That might be the most uh, politically correct way to put it. And then the option route is going to be, you know, reading if the guy's playing your inside shoulder, your outside shoulder, off coverage or press coverage. And you're going to determine your route in the middle of your route. Lazard ran a rub route to pick up a third long in the two minute drill last week. And then he also ran kind of like a rub option route to free up uh, Bobby Tanyan for his touchdown. You saw Lazard get wide and try to keep a defender out of the lane to cover Bobby Tanyan running down the seam. So um, I think, interestingly enough, those routes are not new to the NFL, but you d- I haven't seen the Green Bay Packers run a lot of them. And maybe they got a guy they finally trust to – uh, run this route in such a fashion that doesn't create penalties for offensive pass interference at the same time. So let's see if they can mix that in on third downs to make sure we're picking them up. It just frees a wide receiver up to be wide open. It's, it's so simple. It's about time we run. After looking at the all 22 camera footage, I'm actually not as upset at the wide receivers because they had some space last week. And even the week before I watched uh, two weeks before too, um, so, and Rogers, he only has one touchdown pass for the last five games and hasn't surpassed 243 yards since week eight versus the chiefs. Um, he has got to get something going if we have any chance against these teams in the playoffs. So I hope he gets, let's just see at least 243 yards. Rogers, come on, baby. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> <laughs> So the the line for the game has remained at uh, Green Bay minus four and a half. So predictions, score, and your MVP. I'll jump in since Josh just predicted 243 yards. Um, <laughs> you know, the Bears against the Lions, they gave up 20 points. Against the Cowboys, who have a highly rated offense, but I'm not quite sure I respect it that much. They gave up 24 points. Um they're not impenetrable as of late, and the injuries are something that I, I need to see our offense take advantage of. And while I don't expect us to score 30 to 40 points, I do want to see a few things. So, 
you can tell Matt LaFleur is looking for a spark out of this offense. We've been willing to go for it on fourth downs. We've been running new concepts and new plays every week. It's good to see a coach that's growing throughout the season. I need this this team effort on defense. I need a pass rush on Mitchell Trubisky to slow him down. Um, but I'm going with the Packers right at the spread at 24 to 20. I do think the Bears pick up a couple touchdowns, a couple field goals where we hold them in the red zone. But I think they get some touchdowns. They just have too many point makers for us to keep them to three points again. Um, the MVP, though, Aaron Jones feels too easy coming off the week he had. I'm going to call Aaron Rodgers out. Uh, 243 yards. Let's go with that. <laughs> but against this defense, you really need to spread it out and play your matchups. I want to see them distribute the ball pretty evenly. You know, use Devontae Adams, use Aaron Jones, but then go and find your matchups that are specific to that play. Come away with three touchdowns here. Look good going into that Vikings game. Packers 24-20. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. I also have the Packers winning. I'm not the most confident in this pick because I have them winning pretty big. I have them winning by 10, uh, 27 to 17. Um, and I, I totally see exactly what you were saying, but I think our offense gets going. Yes, this defense is very good, but two of their best guys over the middle are out. Um, and last week and the week before we were starting to find our offense over the middle. So I, I want to see the same. I want to see us running it up the middle. I want to see us passing it over the middle. Um, and then MVP, I'm going with Alan Lazard. I, I think uh, he needs to step up in this game because Ky- Kyler, Kyle Fuller is a solid number one corner, and he'll, he'll probably be locked on Devontae most of the day. Um, and Alan Lazard will have a chance to have some one-on-one opportunities. And I think Rodgers uh, gets time in the pocket. Um, and Alan Lazard totals six catches for 110 yards and one touchdown. I am going irrationally confident. I think it was a wake-up call of how absolutely poor they played last last week, and they tend to come back after a bad week and absolutely take care of business. I don't think that changes. I think they get to Mitch. I think we make the moves that we need to make. 34-17 Packers. Wow. Wow. I think you guys are overlooking how bad the Bears need this game off 10 days of rest. Yes, and I think it really comes down to, I know right away it's like, well, we're going to score 34 points on this defense. I actually think it's our defense that sets up our offense in amazing field position. And I want to say at one point against the Redskins, our starting uh, field position was our own 49. So if we can get to Mitch, if we can cause the turnovers, if he has this bewildered face and they look over to Nagy and his mouth is wide open, that's what I need to see. And in order for that to happen, my MVP is actually going to be the Packers coaching staff. I need to see LaFleur from first quarter through fourth quarter absolutely dominate the the uh, coaching side of mixing up plays, getting Rodgers outside the pocket, taking care of that center of the field. But I also need to see Mike Pettin just absolutely play mind games with the Bears, forcing Mitch to think he sees something when he doesn't. But I have us irrationally, I'll admit, but winning big against the Chicago Bears. Nobody had Tyler Irvin as MVP? Negative. <laughs> let's, uh-huh. get, let's, get, let's get a repeat of that performance. That could help with the field position yeah. battle. That Honestly, called out. That's the crazy thing is, he needs to get like 40 yards a game and we're so far ahead of where we've been at any other week. It's so stupid that we have to rely on this, but 
We'll see how Sunday goes. That will do it. Let's go. Thank you, everybody. Go Pack Go.